Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. So my guest today on the podcast is Dr. Neka Unachuku, also known as Dr. Una. And on this episode, we talk about the importance of generating additional income, even for high income earners. So Dr. Una is the founder of Ivy League Pediatrics, a multi-site pediatric practice in Georgia. And over the last nine years, it has thrived and been voted the best of Gwinnett for four years in a row and rated five stars by over 250 parents. While building this practice, Dr. Una developed a love for entrepreneurship and has since built many other successful businesses. Like many doctors, she was ignorant and scared and felt like an imposter when she started out in business because she was trained to be a great clinician and not an entrepreneur. And over the years, she's learned that the two do not need to be mutually exclusive, so she's embraced both worlds. And as a result, she's able to enjoy the practice of medicine, develop her other interests, and best of all, not miss time out with her family. And so in 2018, Dr. Una founded EntreMD, a platform created to help physicians embrace entrepreneurship. And through conferences, online courses, and coaching, she helps many doctors build successful businesses so they can practice medicine and live life on their own terms. So on this episode, we discuss how she got into the space of helping other high-income earners, specifically physicians, become entrepreneurs or improve their careers. Um, We talked about why physicians should become entrepreneurs, the biggest mistakes high-income earners make with their finances, some of the mindset blocks high-income earners have around earning even more money, and her own financial and business goals, as well as so many other really awesome tidbits that you will definitely enjoy listening to. But before we get into the episode, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do. You can do that everywhere that you listen to your podcast. So SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, just head on over and hit the subscribe button. And if you are new to the podcast, hey, I'm glad to have you here. And if it's been a while since you stopped by clevergirlfinance.com, Head on over there when you get a moment. So when you stop driving or stop working out or you're at your desk in front of your computer or with your device and check out all the amazing new content we're putting on the site every single week. In addition, we have a variety of personal finance courses on a ton of different topics that you can take to help you as you work on achieving your financial goals. And once you become a course member, you get access to scheduled time with our amazing Clever Girl Finance mentors. So our mentors are there to support, encourage, and guide you as you work towards your financial goals. They're there to keep you accountable. And it's definitely something that you should think about taking advantage of. So stop by clevergirlfinance.com and check it out. And finally, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my best-selling book, Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money, and Build Real Wealth. Stop by your local bookstore, head on over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or anywhere you buy books online, either in physical, audio, or ebook format, and grab your copy of this book. So let's talk to Dr. Una. Hey, Dr. Una, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Hi, Bola. I'm so excited to be on here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So it's great to connect with you because you and I met in Atlanta. Um, You actually were an attendee of the Clever Girl Finance book event and we connected and I learned so much about you and your amazing business and essentially what you do. And I thought that your story would be a great one for the podcast, given, you know, a lot of people um, who listen that are in the medical field, which is where you are in. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do. So my name is Neka Una Chubu, and everybody calls me Dr. Una. 
I am a pediatrician by training, and I've owned my own practice for nine years at this point. And it's a multi-site pediatric practice in Georgia. And that's what I do for about 20% of my time. And then the other times, um, I'm the founder of EntreMD, which is a platform to help physicians embrace entrepreneurship so they can have true financial freedom, so they can live life and practice medicine on their own terms. That's awesome. And when you say you own your own practice, that makes you not just a doctor, but also an entrepreneur because owning your own practice makes you put on your business hat um, in addition to your medical practitioner hat, right? (laughs) Yes, both of them. And so, very different hats. <laughs> exactly. It's like two completely different things. Um, so you describe yourself as a business coach for physician entrepreneurs um, and teaching, and you teach them the importance of generating additional income, even though they're high earners. Yeah. And so I was curious, how did you get into this space of helping, you know, physicians, high earners become entrepreneurs and as a business coach, improve their careers? Well, It came out of my own pain because when I started my practice, I had the philosophy of hang the shingle and they would come. And I hung out a shingle and they Everybody gets sick, right? Everybody gets sick. They (laughs) get sick, you know, and everybody wants to see the doctor and all of that stuff. And um, I got a lot of crickets um, in my office and crickets in my bank account. And I was... I was I was forced to embrace entrepreneurship, like what you're doing will not work. And I was an introverted introvert. So I was not going out to market my practice. I was not going out to ask for referrals. I wasn't doing any of those things. Um, so it was a root shock. And I had to literally reinvent myself. Like you're the physician and that's great. But to thrive here, you're going to have to become an entrepreneur. It's a completely different skill set and you're going to have to get it. And I recognize that it's almost like a handicap that we have, especially as physicians, because we spend all this time training to be clinicians and then um, we think that's it. So when we are thrown into the world of business, whether by circumstances or by choice, uh, we get that root shock. So I'm like, let me help you shortcut that process. Um, (laughs) I make it less of a shock. Um, so it was all born out of my own pain and what I had to go through to finally build a successful practice. That's awesome. And, you know, thinking about it, you know, when you are a physician and you go work for a big hospital, the hospital has done all the work for you, right? Correct. They, yeah. They've established their name and brand. The community knows who they are. People fly for their specialty from all over the country, all over the world. And you are just fitting into this already established business, right? Because Machine. So you don't really have to market because the customers are just, the patients are just coming in through the door and they're coming to see this doctor. And you can even build a brand for yourself within that machine, that system, if you're really good at what you do. But in private practice, you are, you might be good at what you do, but if you can't promote your business, you can't put it out there, no one's going to know that you're that good in your field. So it's really, I I think that's what you do is really great because um, you can be, uh, you know, work for the hospital system or you can run your own business and work for yourself. Um, And a lot of doctors want to work for themselves, but they may not necessarily know how to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we have zero training on that. Yeah. You're um, and even doctors. Yes. Not like business take care of the men patients, and women. And we'll take care of everything else. 
<laughs> which is not working well anymore, but <laughs> that, that's been the philosophy. Okay, so why do you feel, or why do you think that physicians should become entrepreneurs? Because there's probably someone listening to this that says, well, you know, doctors make so much money. Doctors, nurses, people in the medical field in general make so much money. So I was looking at some stats and the average earning of a doctor is about $208,000. You know, another high earning category is lawyers, which the average is about 120, not the average, sorry, the median. So the median earning for doctors is 208. And the median earning for lawyers is $120,000. But this is just the median, right? So yeah, there are physicians who are, there are many physicians, as a matter of fact, who are making high six figures and seven figure incomes. So they're making all this money every year, right? Six figures, seven figures every single year. Why do they need to be entrepreneurs to make more money? Well, so, so there, there's a number of reasons. I'm actually glad you brought this up because it, I, I get this question a lot. And so there are a number of reasons. One of them is the concept of Henry, right? So high earner, not, <laughs> not rich yet, yet rich, right? And, That's and hilarious. So, and, and so many physicians fall in that category because... All it takes for you to be as broke as the person who's making 50 grand a year is, you know, make 800,000 and spend, you know, 640. Make, make 800 and spend 850. And spend 850, that's even worse. You know, spend 1 million. We won't even go there. But, but so, so many are high earners, but they're not rich. And when it comes to people are like, oh, you're being so materialistic. And I'm like, no, I, I love the, the um, definition of wealth in the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, where it is defined as the number of days you can survive at your current state of living if you stopped working today, mm-hmm. right? So if you earn seven figures, but you, can, you have to refinance your house if you couldn't work for a month, then you're not really wealthy, you're not rich, you're not leaving a legacy for your kids, you're not doing any of that stuff. So high earners sometimes is... Um, it can be a trap if you don't learn what to do with it. And the, and the second part is that the healthcare industry has changed so much that physicians are now in a position where they have to compete. Mm-hmm. So it used to be one pie. When I, was, when I was a resident, telemedicine wasn't a thing, right? Um, I never thought CVS would be my competition, right? There were no minute clinics. Yeah. Or anything. Like urgent care centers. <laughs> urgent care centers were not really a thing. Retail. So none of these things were here. So it was one pie and it was just reserved for a few. But now it's one pie and it's almost free for all, if you will. So you can't just show up with the practice and not compete. Because if you don't compete, you're going to go under. So you really have to learn those skills, those entrepreneurial skills to stay ahead. The, the climate has changed. We as physicians have to change as well. Even if you work in a hospital, you can't say, oh, I'll just see the patients and the administration will take care of because it's not really working that way anymore. You need to learn to own your career, own your earning power. Um, nobody's going to do it for you. 
Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I, I, I think is also an interesting point and something to talk about is the fact that, you know, physicians like yourself, you guys spend a lot of time in school and many of you are coming out of school with six figure student loans. Right. So yeah, yeah, even absolutely. Though you're starting with that high multi six figure income or maybe for some seven figures, there still is that student debt to pay. And I think that financial awareness is very, very important for physicians because, you know, once you get that first um, contract that says you're going to be making $800,000 or, you know, a million dollars, whatever it might be, um, it's easy to be like, oh my God, you know, I only owe 215 student loans. Mm -hmm. I'll pay that later. I'm going to go buy the Ferrari. I'm going to go, you know, start flying first class, you know, and that's great if you want to do that. I believe everybody should live their best life and do things that make them happy. But I think it's important to have the financial awareness to prioritize, right? So, okay, you're making all this money. You're in this unique position where you're making all this money. You, you can pay off your student loans. You can, you know, buy, start investing, um, start ramping up retirement investing, start, you know, investing in business, whatever it is, buy your house, you know, pay it off, all these things, and then live your best life. Um, and then there's also, you know, physicians who come out with the two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000, even more, you know, 500K in loans, but they're not making as much because of the field they're in. And so what you do is super can be super pivotal and super important for those types of physicians where they're just making enough to cover their costs, even though they have, they're making high incomes, they have high costs because of student loan debt and all of that. Um, But once they're able to think about it as being a physician and business owner, it can be a game changer for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in your experience, um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that, well, aside from what I talked about, <laughs> that high-income earners make with their finances um, or just, you know, mindset issues that they have as you work with these people one-on-one, you coach them, you, you've you done it yourself, you've built a private practice. Like, what are some of the mistakes that um, high-income earners, physicians are making? I, I think one of the biggest ones is is not, re- not recognizing that, like you put it, they're in a unique position, that they have the gift right? So your earning power is not, it's not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. So let me play a scenario. Say you had, you know, a doctor who was making 200,000 and that doctor was disciplined enough, right? To put away 40 grand, 50 grand, 60 grand to invest in real estate from the time he became, he or she became a resident. And over a 20 year career, imagine how much they could put away where they can decide, I don't want to work because I have all this real estate that's paid, or I work because I want to, or I go donate my time in Haiti or whatever, but my kids are taken care of, my debt is taken care of, everything is taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like there's this next phase of our career that we never get to because we take all the money that we earn and we blow it away. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like we, we don't put it in other vehicles because the idea yeah. is to get your money to work for you. Being a high earner, right? Great. But if you take some of that and capture it, so it becomes, you know, your employee and it's working for you, right? If you learn how, if you learn how to leverage what you have, add speaking to what you do and bring in an extra six figures, add consulting to what you do, you already do and bring in an extra six figures. So you can put it away. So money can become your employee. Yes. Um, that that's that's the ultimate but a lot of times we just stop at the point of making money but i mean an employee is an employee right you're going to get taxed the most 
right? <laughs> at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you bring in, you're going to get taxed the most. Yeah, those you know, taxes. But you, yep. But once you can build a business, then you can start sheltering stuff. Um, you know what I mean? You can drop your, your tax liability and, and you can start having your, your money go to work. And that's a huge, it's a, it's a huge lost opportunity. So it's a huge mistake. And, you know, what you said is really insightful. You know, you already have the skill set and you're not an employee for this hospital, for example. But then there's so many other things you can do. You can teach, you can do consulting, you know, and doing things like that. You feel like, okay, well, I already have this big paycheck. Like, you know, I need to enjoy my weekends. I need to do all these things. But like, I think as physicians are the same as everybody else, what goals do you have? You have to get clear on that. What are the things that you want to accomplish in your life? You know, and doing things like that, you feel like, okay, well, I already have this big paycheck, like, you know. Yeah, and, 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 a, and a lot of them really, that narrative is, doesn't even work for them. You know what I mean? Because what ends up happening is when you get the big paycheck, then Parkinson's law sets in, right? So you have the big, big paycheck, you have to have the big house, you have to have the nice cars, the kids have to be in the very expensive private schools. You have to go for the vacations. So at the end of the day, a lot of physicians are living paycheck to paycheck, even though they're really high earners. <laughs> yeah, that is, you know, so just so this is something that we talk about on the podcast all the time, just because you have a high income. And I think we even did an episode on this a long time ago with um, maybe early last year with a lady who had filed taxes for high income earners, like business people who are making like hundreds of millions of dollars that were just like you know, tight. Um, and it's not about how much you make, it's about what you do with what you have, right? You can, you can see a physician or, you know, an actress or athlete who's making millions of dollars. Um, and you with your $75,000 a year might have more money invested over time than that other person, because you are being more intentional about what you want to accomplish. You're being more intentional with your goals. And so, it's really important to just get over the mindset about when I make more, I will then start to do X, Y, Z with my finances. Just start it now, regardless no. of how much you're making, start it now. Even if, you know, a lot, another, I think another thing that people in the medical field make as a mistake, doctors, nurses, because a lot of nurses are also high earners, um, is that, and other people in the field, is that they they come out and get that first job or that, you know, they're working in those first few years, but they already know what the earning potential is going to be because they see their mentors at making tons of money and like wait a minute well this this check I'm getting I know I'm going to make five times more so I'll just wait until I get to that point in five years or ten years before (laughs) I start to save or before I start investing or before I start to see what I'm saying yeah (sighs) that that, that would be that would that would be a problem (laughs) that that would be it that would be a big problem so what are some of the mindset blocks that people that you work with, high income earners have around earning even more? Because, you know, when you decide to open your own private practice or go into a partnership, um, the idea is, you know, let's say you have your financial plans in place. You're not wasting money. You're paying off your student loans. You're paying off your house. You are securing your children and your, you know, you're building your legacy, your legacy, all the things that you want to do. You're starting other things. But what are some of the limitations that people have about being able to earn even more than their already existing high incomes or from a mindset perspective? From a mindset perspective, I've noticed a lot of, um, a lot of people in the medical field, they feel guilty about it. Right. Like, you know, I earn, I'm, 
probably the top 10% um, in the country as far as, you know, earning power. And there are lots of, you know, people who can make ends meet and there are lots of, you know, poor people in the world. Why should I want to make more? Right. So it, it goes back to a scarcity mentality, if you will. But it, it's, it's just the guilt. Like this makes me greedy. I mean, like I'm, I already have so much more than most people have. So why should I try to make more? So a lot of people who are my my clients, that's one of the things we have to work through because because it stops them. And the, the other thing is, you know, I'm a medical professional. So trying to be an entrepreneur um, is they may not say it in these terms, but what it is, is it, it it's beneath me. It's not professional. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be putting myself out there. I shouldn't be promoting my business. I shouldn't be asking people for business. It's, it's not <laughs> professional. It's just not something I should do. Um, so clearly, you know, to, to help people build thriving businesses, like we have to, we have to work through that, that as well. But those are some of the, the biggest ones. And the, the, the other one is I don't, I don't have anything that I can use as a business, right? Like I have no skills. I have nothing. I, I, I'm just good at seeing patients. And I'm like, you have so many things to leverage, right? I mean, you don't have to, you, you can be a speaker. You can be a consultant. You're always on social media and you have a gazillion people following you. You could be a brand ambassador. Like there's so many things you can do, even if you don't want to start a, you know, a practice. I've had one, her thing was just, I'm all about anti-aging. I'm all about skincare. Um, I was like, so you should just do a skincare line. I can't do it. I'll walk you through it, but yeah, you should do that. And she has her own skincare line today. So it's, it's just that thing of, I don't see anything I have that I can monetize. And there. Every, everyone is loaded with things that can be monetized. I think it's crazy that people will say, because I'm a, I'm a physician, it's beneath me to start a business. Um, you know, the wealthiest people in the world are entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Physicians make yep. a lot of money, but entrepreneurs. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, you know, <laughs> and yeah. And in terms of like that scarcity mindset, I think, people who are working difficult jobs because as a physician, you guys, you know, everybody works hard. I'm not going to minimize anybody's job, but um, your jobs are, they have that just high level of importance because it involves life and involves health. And what you guys do can make the difference between life and death, especially, you know, for people who are going through like really serious health issues, emergencies, traumas, things like that. Um, this is a very important responsibility you have as a physician and it takes you a lot of time to build that expertise. You know, you guys are in school for a decade or more, (laughs) depending (laughs) on if you do your residency and then you decide to go to a fellowship or do another fellowship, another specialty. And the more specialized you get, the harder it is to find it harder. It is for people to find people with your skill set, So you become this like valuable commodity. Right. And you know, it's, it makes sense that you get compensated accordingly. There will be debates about this. It's okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm yep. an advocate that if you're going to, you know, kill yourself to do this, you need to get you, paid. You, you might as well get paid for it, right? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, 
those are some interesting points that you make in terms of like the mindset and mental limitations that people have. Um, I, I do, I strongly believe that it is okay to earn more money. Um, you can be wealthy. You can be exceptionally wealthy. You can still be a good person. You can still give back. And when you have money, you're able to give back and help others and have impact at a larger scale. You cannot yeah. help anybody, including yourself, if you have no money, if all you can do is pay your bills and pay your debts and you can't even save a penny despite your heart, your high income, you can't do anything for anyone. You can only look and provide comments, <laughs> but mm-hmm. sometimes people don't want your comments. No, they, they want their want. problems fixed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and actually it's, it's interesting that you, it's interesting that you said that because what I've found is that money is not good or bad. Money really is amoral. It's a tool. You know, yeah. it, just it just waits amplifies for you. who you are. Yep. So if you're bad in your hands, it will do a lot of evil. If you're good in your hands, it will do a lot of good. So money doesn't make anybody bad. If they're bad, they were always bad. They just didn't have the means to show it. Yeah, it's just waiting for you to become your best or your worst self. It amplifies whoever you are. <laughs> So I want to talk a bit more about you as a physician that has, you know, decided to start your own practice, build your own business as a high income earner yourself. Woohoo, girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are some, this, so this is like a two part question. What okay. have been some of your, what are some of your big financial goals and successes? You can share as much or as little as you want. And what are some of your big business goals and successes? So big financial goals, um, I want to be in a position where I would be able to have one year where I can give away a million dollars. I love that. I mean, you That's amazing. That sounds incredible. (laughs) Oh my God. That's, that's dreaming big. I love that. That that's, that's what my goal is. So I've, I've crossed some really good numbers, but I'm not there yet. But, but that's, that's what, my, what my big financial target is, if you will. Um, as far as successes, um, I think being in a space where um, I've been able to build my practice where it's a, it's a seven-figure practice. I work there two days a week. Um, I have four children, so I have time to be at home and do family because I had to sacrifice a lot of that time in the beginning, but I'm able to work two days a week and work the other days from home and it doesn't affect my income. It doesn't affect anything. Um, and I, I, I'm really happy about that. My plan was to retire, meaning I practice because I want to at 40 and I turned 40 this year and here I am. So. Girl, you're not retiring. You know how you doctors no, do. No, I, when I say retire, I just mean oh, yeah, the I'm not on schedule, everybody's fine. <laughs> That's so, so I don't mean I'm not going to practice. I love my babies. Absolutely love them. <laughs> so, um, and then my biz, big business goal is, um, is, a, is a people number, not a, a money number. My target when I started EntreMD was I wanted to be able to help 80,000 doctors um, to build their own businesses. They don't have to be practices, but to build their own businesses where they control their income. Um, So 80,000 is a weird number. There's 800,000 active physicians in the U.S. And I was like, I just want 10% of them. I'm not asking for too much. So (laughs) that's my 
that's my big business goal to be able to touch that number. That's amazing. First of all, congratulations on building a seven figure practice that you work at part time. That is incredible. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Second of all, I meant to say at the beginning, but congratulations for being a female in a highly male dominated space. Um, The medical field is, you know, there are lots of female doctors, but they're still not enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. They're not. You know, especially when you look at certain specialties, but different conversation. Um, But this is, you know, you have had some amazing successes, huge accomplishments. um, And um, I'm excited to see how you you do, especially as a woman of color. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm thinking about that. Give back a million dollars. Oh, my God. You're challenging my entire (laughs) life. Yes. Yes. How am I going to do that? (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to do that. Oh, my goodness. Because that's what it's about, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. So how do you, well, two questions. Well, I have lots more questions, but. <laughs> so how do you stay motivated and focused? Because you're doing multiple things. You have a private practice, which makes you an entrepreneur, a leader, a CEO. You are treating real life patients, dealing with life on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, dealing with other human beings. Um, and you have these big financial goals and big business goals and you want to grow. And then you're also coaching other physicians and doctors to be the best in their careers, to start their own business. So you have a lot going on. How do you stay focused? How do you stay motivated? So I, um, I have the issues everybody has, which I have, which means I have a problem staying focused and, met, and motivated. So I have a few habits. One of them is I listen to a business podcast every day because for me, the motivation just wears off every day. So <laughs> I listen to something, <laughs> I listen to something every day that makes me go like, and you think you've accomplished stuff? Look at all the amazing things these guys are doing. You know, or not in a comparison type of way, but in a way that I'm like, okay, let me go do more. Let me keep pushing. Let me, you know, something that gives me that up and go every day. I, I, it's just something I do every day. Um, the other thing I do is I review my goals every day, which could either be writing them all out or saying them out loud or whichever, just to keep my eyes on the price because you're an entrepreneur, so you know that it looks really great from the outside and at the end when you're telling the story, but when you're walking through it, it's just a complete mess, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> everything that yep. can go wrong, there are times when everything goes wrong. So it Absolutely. Feels like, it, feels like a, <laughs> it feels like a really big mess. So if I have my eyes set on where I'm going, it helps me to stay focused and motivated in spite of the mess. Um, and then the third thing is I have, I, I have a tribe of people that keep me engaged. So mm-hmm. it's mentors, people who are ahead, who keep inspiring me to keep going. It's colleagues who are in the grind with me. So we hold ourselves arms in arms and we're like, come on, we got this, let's go. And it's mentees who you realize that you're their ceiling. So whatever you accomplish shows them what they can accomplish. So it drives you you know, it drives me to do more knowing that if I can break this barrier, then I've opened the door for them to break that barrier too. So my tribe keeps me focused. (laughs) Oh my God. Your circle of influence is so important. I cannot stress it. Like having 
your, you know, just your friends are one thing, but the people that really influence you, that motivate you, your advisors, your mentors, everybody needs to have them, have them. And if you don't have them, you need to seek them out. Your career counselor at your job, like whoever this person's going to be that has accomplished what you have, what you want to accomplish or is on the path and it's ahead of you, you need to connect yourself to that person. And it can be virtual. It can be by listening to podcasts, watching videos. It could be finding that physical person. If you can find that person and just get like weekly time on their calendar. But I can tell you it's a game changer. Um, I have a number of mentors that I reach out to. I, I send them like updates on how I'm doing, you know, out of my own accord, you know, once a month, there's this email that just goes out and says, Hey, this is what's happening with Bola in case you want to know, but you're going to know because you're reading this email type of thing. Um, and I have one, <laughs> one mentor. <laughs> yeah, you know, cause I gotta, I that. <laughs> I gotta force other people to keep me accountable so I can stay accountable. And I have one mentor, um, and I have a weekly meeting on their calendar and I value this meeting so much. It is 30, me- 30 minutes. They take time out of their busy schedule. Um, they have built a multi seven figure business and they talk to me. And when I catch myself complaining, I always think about what that person would tell me, you know, given the fact that they've built this multi seven multi, hold on, let me rewind selector. Yes. They built a multi nine figure business. Nice. Not a seven figure, multi nine figure. So it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And this person makes time for me every week for 30 minutes to sit down and listen to what I have to say, to give me suggestions, to just talk about how I'm doing. And every time I find myself complaining or starting to be like, oh my God, what was me? I think about what they would tell me, which is basically, Bola, shut the hell up and get your life. Well, not like that, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> because you're just starting. <laughs> Are you serious? And also those people don't want to hear, they don't want to hear that nonsense. Like they're busy. They don't want to give you time out of their day. So when you think about yourself and your circle of influence, right? Um, if you start to complain, woe is me, I can never do this. My debt is too high. We're meant to be in debt. Oh my God, this is so hard. And your friend is like, yeah, girl. Yes. You're Mm -hmm. in the wrong circle. Wrong circle. It's time to it's time to shift. When people start to com- agree with you when you are doing your nonsense, you know it's time to change. Like, check yourself fast. Like, you know what, girl? I'll see you later. Lose my number. I'm moving on up. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so true. So circle of influence, I stress it a lot, and I'm glad you mentioned it, right? There's no way you could have built a seven-figure practice if you're talking to people like, oh, my God, why do you want to go into private practice? Oh, my God, aren't you a pediatrician? That is so beneath you. Who does entrepreneurship as a doctor? <laughs> Listen, you'd be working yeah, at that, the community clinic. I would be. <laughs> wearing tattered be. shoes, trying to think about, oh, my God, my student loans, I can't make this month's payments. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Okay, so I've kind of harped on that enough. I'll be quiet now, but so, no, but that was good. I had to take <laughs> notes on that because you know when people when people agree with you in your nonsense, then it's time to yeah. I I, I wrote that down. This is good. <laughs> so for someone who's listening to this, you know that's in a high earning field in school, taking on a ton of student loans to get into this high earning space. You know, out of passion, whatever it is. They really want to work in medicine, law, whatever it might be. Um, what advice would you give that person um, knowing 
your experiences, knowing what your younger, your younger self went through to get to this point, including the mistakes that you made and the regrets that you might have for someone who is in that space. Okay. I want to earn a lot of money. I'm trying to get myself into this position. I'm trying to get the skill set, or I'm currently earning a lot of money, but I'm not really doing what I need to be doing. I'm making mistakes. I'm not doing well with my money. What advice would you give that person based on your own experience and where you are now? I would tell them not to stop. We, we have, so I would use physicians examples since I have that experience. We run through med school, through residency, through fellowship, maybe, and all of that. And when we're done, we're like, poof, we've arrived. And that is a disaster. I would tell them not to stop. I would tell them that they need to see the big picture. And the easiest way for, I would throw that picture out is looking at the NBA. Okay. So a player gets into the NBA. They don't stop. They work on their skill to make sure they're great players, which is what we do as physicians. You're a great physician. But they also understand this is my active career. I'm going to have a leveraged career, which means because I'm so good, I'm going to get endorsements. I'm going to be asked to be in movies, to be in rap videos. People are going to have you know, startups that they want me to invest in and all of that stuff. I'm going to be a brand ambassador. And I can make as much money doing that as I make playing. And so that's the leveraged career. And then you have the third phase, which is your passive career, where you take the money that you're making, a portion of it from your active and your leveraged career, and you put it into passive streams, real estate, things that will give you royalties, startups yes. and stuff like that. So you have to see the whole career. It doesn't end with active. As high earners, we stop at phase one. There are three phases. You have to do all three of them. Now, if you do all three of them, then you have the freedom to do what you really want to do. So if what you really want to do is practice till you're 80, do that. But not because you have to pay bills, but because that's what you want to do. If what you want to do is go to Haiti or go somewhere and do free eye surgeries for a year, go do it. If what you want to do is be a stay-at-home mom, go do it. But the path to that is engaging your entire career. You're active, you're leveraged, and you're passive. That's what oh, I I love them. that. I love that. That is. So if you're listening, ladies, rewind, select a on what Dr. Una just said, and you don't have to be even in a high earning space. This is applicable to everyone, you know? Yeah. And just listen to what she just said again and take that to heart. Really, really great advice. So um, as we kind of wind down from this awesome conversation, (laughs) what would you say is your favorite business book or a book that has just been really impactful um, to your, your career, your growth, your development? That is such a hard question, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I would I would pick Rich Dad Poor Dad, okay. um, and I know favorite means one. I'll still throw in the ten X rule by Grant Cardone. Oh my God! Um, <laughs> Listen, I went running this morning, and I'm I'm listening to this book. I got it on Audible yesterday, and he's like yelling at me. And I'm like, Yes, Grant, I can do this. I know I can do it. That is an awesome book. I'm going it's to amazing. listen to it again. And he's like, I'm about maybe like four hours in, four and a half hours in. And he's like, listen, it's almost like he's like, listen, Bola. <laughs> great book. Okay. So I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Those are great books. Great, great awesome. books. And what would you say is your clever girl superpower? And it can't be that you're a pediatrician or a doctor. No, that, yeah, that is not my superpower. <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> not, not, not my superpower at all. So you can't laugh too hard when I say this, but my superpower is that I'm a gold digger. A gold digger? And, 
Yeah, but like you work at I the mean. quarry where you dig with a no, shovel. No, <laughs> I'm a gold digger in the sense that I'm able to work with people to pull out of them their best businesses, their best purposes. I help them live it. I love that. So people come to me, they're like, I don't have a business. I can't be. I'm like, give me a few weeks, right? And I can't tell you how many docs have gone from not nothing business to at least 10 grand a month to all kinds. I'm a gold digger. That's what I do. I dig it out. I love that. (laughs) I actually saw a video that you posted on LinkedIn or YouTube. um, And the question was, what is the question posed to you was, what is your biggest issue in business? And you had said um, the biggest issue people have in business is themselves. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. That ties very much into, exactly. (laughs) So thank you so much, Ineka, for being here, Dr. Una. Um, I really appreciate your time and for sharing, but before you go, can you tell folks how they can keep in touch with you or they can learn more about you? So they can go to my website. It's Entree MD, so E-N-T-R-E, Amazon Mary D as in David, dot com. Um, and, you know, I have a, a blog on there. They can join the um, Entree MD community. And because we have a Facebook community, we have a, you know, mailing list that goes and, you know, we just continue this conversation. That's what we do all day, every day. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put this in the show notes. And thank you so, so much for being here. This was great. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Learned a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of the podcast with Dr. Una and are inspired to go out and figure out how to create your own additional income streams, regardless of how much money you're currently making today. If you love the podcast, be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to your podcast. So iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and be sure to head over to iTunes to leave a review of the podcast so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. And as I mentioned earlier, if it's been a while since you stopped by clevergirlfinance.com, head on over, check out our new content, check out our courses on a variety of financial topics. And if you do sign up for our courses, you'll be able to schedule time with our mentors who are there to support and encourage you and guide you as you work towards achieving your financial goals. And finally, be sure to pick up a copy of the Clever Girl Finance book. It's called Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money, and Build Real Wealth. And it is available everywhere books are sold and also as an audio and ebook. So I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.